So the first part of our Unit 2 Law and the Business World concerned um, forms or structures or entities of businesses and how it is you will go ad- about advising your client on which form or entity to to pursue uh, given the potential consequences that may arise and given how it is to maximize uh Profits, right? So you should be in a position to advise your clients. The second part of Unit 2 is concerning uh, the law of contracts. So now your particular client has entered into its business form, let's say it's decided to um, adopt a, a business model in the form of a company, a public company, and now it needs to contract with um, other parties. And so that is where we are right now. We're going to be looking at the law of contracts, okay? So we start off with the definition of contracts. What is a contract? And I think the first word that will come to anybody's mind is agreement. But a contract is not any type of agreement. A contract is an agreement that has the force of law. In other words, it is enforceable. You can take someone to court to hold them accountable under the contract if they fail to deliver in terms of the contract. So let's say... um, your boyfriend agrees to take you to a sunset walk. You complain that there's no romance left in the relationship any longer. And he says, okay, I'm going to take you for a walk on the beach to see the sunset. And then your boyfriend, like he always does, uh, fails to follow through. And he doesn't arrive to take you for your sunset walk on the beach because he's busy working, right? In that instance, there is an agreement between the two of you that your boyfriend is going to be taking you for that walk right but that agreement is not legally enforceable which illustrates the point that although we can have an agreement it's not necessarily a contract because to take it that step further it needs to be an agreement that has the force of law and when two parties contract in terms of an agreement these contractants create certain rights or duties between each other and i think that most of us think about the contract we think about it in terms of quid pro quo You do something and I do something, but that need not be the case. An agreement can simply require one person to do something or to refrain from doing something, right? So we can have a contract that requires uh, both parties to do or refrain from doing something, or we can have a contract where only one contractant has an obligation to do something or refrain from doing something. So let's go back to the scenario of my noisy neighbor next door. I go on and knock on his door angrily and I say to him, I've had it, I'm, I'm fed up. Either you stop making a noise with your drilling machine and I will, or I will contact the police. And the two of us agree uh, and we say, okay, um, we'll no longer do that, right? Um, and the and I say that if you do do that, besides contacting the police, I'm also going to, uh, you're also going to owe me a thousand rand, right? And the neighbor says, yes, sure, I'll pay you a thousand rand if I continue to make this drilling noise. And a week later, I'm busy with my podcast, and there goes my neighbor, and my neighbor's drilling away. In that instance, my neighbor has failed to live up to the contract that we have made because the contract constituted an agreement under the agreement one contractant that is my neighbor had an obligation to do something that is to stop drilling and he has failed to do that he's continued drilling and in terms of our agreement not only am I going to now call the police but under our agreement he owes me a thousand rand and because I was so upset we signed a physical contract 
and you can see a written contract because remember not all agreements are written and in fact most agreements will be oral verbal agreements but in this instance i was smart enough i'm a lawyer i told them okay let's sign a contract that you're going to pay me a thousand rand if you drill again and he drills again in that instance that document between the two of us carries the force of law so it goes that step further from agreement into contract so just to recap again a contract is an agreement what makes it a contract though is that this particular agreement carries the force of law right you can go to court you can enforce it and it can involve one person doing something it can impose an obligation on one person or it can impose an obligation on two people so remember it need not be quid pro quo you do something for me and i do something for you right but you'll also see it in a scenario of a laptop, for instance, and you want to purchase the laptop. In that instance, you see some quid pro quo because the one party is going to pay money and the other party is going to deliver the laptop, right? And then in order for there to be a contract, we need one party to make an offer and say, I offer to sell you my laptop. And the other party must then accept the offer, right? And we think about an offer, it's easy to think, for instance, about Gumtree. There are millions of offers available on Gumtree. You'll see from the picture of my presentation, um, I went scrounging about to see what um, advertisements I can find on Gumtree. And it turns out I can uh, offer, uh, I can take up the services of cheaters, criminal investigators who can spy and see if my boyfriend who's not giving me the sunset walk is in fact cheating on me in that instance cheaters criminal investigators are making an offer and if i contact them and i take up their services there's a contract concluded between the two of them they are then going to take their services and go spy on my boyfriend and in turn i'm going to pay them money in order to spy on my boyfriend right so that is all you need to know for purposes of the definition of a contract and now we're going to move to what are the prerequisites for concluding a contract so what are the requirements in order for a valid contract to arise